Would you pray with me this morning? Father, even as we have entered into this most holy of weeks, I pray that you would help us to stay with you and to lean against the heart of Jesus in all that we do. Lord, beginning now, in the name of your most holy Son, we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, and this is indeed Palm Sunday. This is the beginning of uh, the, uh, arguably the most important week in the church calendar. And in fact, uh, this coming Sunday is Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday, along with one other Sunday, was from the very earliest of church times, uh, the, the highest feast days of the church. And in case any of you are thinking that Christmas is the other feast day, I I, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything, but it is Pentecost, as a matter of fact, that is the second great uh, holy day of the church, holy feast day. And uh, so Easter and and Pentecost are the the cornerstones, really, of our Christian faith in in ways that uh, are profound. And I want to, this morning... Uh, just look at what happens during this week that leads up to Easter. Now, we remember Jesus' last days when he entered into Jerusalem. And in staying close to Jesus as we walk through him through uh, this Holy Week, I want to help us to think about ways that we can respond to what happens to Jesus in this week of passion. And although our lives... Um, are to be lived both crucified with Christ and alive in him at the same time, I want us to think about how we can relive the drama of that week in Jesus' life. Not just responding to the historical facts in a cerebral way as an, as an exercise, but rather I want us to respond physically with body, with all of our senses, emotionally, feeling the drama of agony and joy, intellectually comprehending the events and the ramifications of those events and spiritually connecting with Jesus um, comp- uh, connecting with Jesus uh, in his real presence among us I want us to find ways to, to, to help us lean into Jesus heart that's my desire this morning now for some of you what I'll have to share this morning is old and familiar and you already have well-formed practices um, that lead you to Christ in, in these coming days. But for some of you, what I'll share may be somewhat new. And whether this is a refresher course uh, or it's something new, I pray that you'll be spurred on to lean into Jesus this week. So what I'll be doing uh, for the next number of minutes is just talking about briefly each day and talking about a response, suggesting a response that we can have, and then some suggestions, very practical suggestions in ways that we can implement these. So if you're a note taker and you want to lay out your bulletin so that you'll have room for everything, there'll be eight different things I want to, so you divide it in half, four and four, um, with a response and a suggestion. They'll be brief so that you can write them down if you want to use it as something of an outline for the week. Otherwise, you can just listen and take it in. So today, of course, is Palm Sunday. It is the first day 
uh, of the week, but it's the day that uh, we remember Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem that last uh, week of his life. And once the palm, the liturgy of the palms has concluded and we've joyfully welcomed Jesus like the first century Jews welcomed him uh, into the city and they entered into Jerusalem, uh, once that occurs, the colors change and we turn our sights toward the paschal mystery of Christ. I don't know if you read the rubric in the bulletin, but when these, these colors change, it changes from uh, one season to another, right in the middle of this service. And we have now embarked on that. So that was my first day. What's our response? What's a suggested response? Well, we can join him in this journey uh, to the cross this week by entering into his experience. So our response really is just a decision to enter into that. So will you make that choice that this week you will enter into this week with Jesus? That may seem um, very simple, and I hope it is, but here's a suggestion for how it might happen. If you've never walked step by step to the cross with Jesus, make this year the first year that you do that. How? How can that happen? Well, for first uh, suggestion, you can participate in every service. Now, it's difficult for your heart to be unaffected when you have given yourself to the liturgical arc of this week. It really is. If you can't attend all of the services, at least find and use some devotional design to help lead you from Palm Sunday to Easter. But day by day, using some tool to help us will be helpful. Now, if you have looked in the back of the Palm Sunday bulletin, you will see that we have provided for you after the credits a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday liturgy that you can use personally as a devotional or in your home with your family if that works for you. But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and that will take us through to the next time that we gather together corporately. So that was Monday. I mean, that was Sunday. This is Monday. Holy Monday is the day that Jesus received worship at the house of Simon the leper. A, worship, a woman worships and anoints his body beforehand in preparation for his burial. Let me just read that passage for you briefly. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So what is our response? In keeping with the day, well, it's simply worship. So Monday, 
our emphasis can be worship and carry that through the week. Worship with the whole heart and to give sacrificially to others and of our, of our sustenance. So what are the ways that you can worship? That's the question. What are the ways that you can worship? Well, here's a suggestion. We can begin to worship uh, with the materials that are in the back of the bulletin, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, these can be used, like I said, for family or individual worship. You can also, um, if you decide to give materially, you can also give to the Good Friday uh, gift. It's a special offering, and uh, there are details about that also in your bulletin if you want to. These become wonderful guides along with this piece of paper that should be in your bulletin. But the Good Friday gift is a special gift that we give every year. But the most difficult thing that we might give is our time. You think about that for a moment. Our time is very valuable. We can make a point, again, to be present to each other and to our families in just time when we set aside and make this into a, a special week. Now, as you might have guessed, what I'm going to be suggesting throughout really are ways to do worship during this week. And, and, and uh, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a worship guy, if you want to call it that. Um, I have a, have a real heart for worship, and it's, it's, but it's bigger than music, and it's even broader than liturgy. Um, as Paul puts it, it's living our lives as a living sacrifice. And so this is one of the things that we can do to begin to worship, and that is to give of ourselves, give of our time, and give of our sustenance. Well, Holy Tuesday, if we follow through with this, uh, this liturgy, Holy Tuesday brings us to the account when Jesus goes into the temple and he cleanses the temple. Let me read it to you. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. Well, the emphasis here is on the cleansing of the temple and on restoring the temple as a place of prayer, a house of God. So what is the response that uh, I'm suggesting? That is to repent from things that clutter the holy spaces of our lives and pray with pure hearts. This is an opportunity when we can clear out the distractions from our lives. So how can you turn from distractions this week? I have a couple of suggestions. Um, there are prayer ministers that will be present at every service when we gather together except for Easter Vigil, that is. Um, and you can come and bring a need or bring a concern or have help in prayer uh, if you want to help to declutter the holy spaces of your life. And especially there is on Friday afternoon 
a time when the priests will be present for the confession of sins. This is called the Office of Reconciliation. Again, this information is, is in this, uh, this flyer. And there are also opportunities to pray um, during this Holy Week. Thursday night, we have a watch. After the service, it will be up in this study hall, we call it, and there'll be an, a, a vigil all through the night, hour-long slots when you can pray uh, and be close to God. And you're welcome to come at points during the night. And that will continue all the way until Friday morning. And at 6 o'clock, there'll be morning prayer. And you can join for that. And so these are opportunities for prayer. And of course, there are opportunities throughout the week as well. But those are just, those are scheduled times when you can pray. But during these times, we can use them to turn away from the, the, the busyness and clutter of life. And we can turn toward God with pure hearts. Well, Wednesday, Holy Wednesday, it brings us to that. Jesus willingly prepares for his betrayal. You'll see this when I read the scripture. And Judas cooperates with the desire of the chief priests to kill Jesus. The scripture reads, when, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the, the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered into the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. And so this betrayal and death was not really the desire of the disciples. I mean, it wasn't the disciples' desired outcome for Jesus' messianic mission. Jesus' messianic mission, according to the disciples, was to come and be the deliverer of Israel uh, by military, you know, force perhaps even. It came as something of a surprise, actually, what his course was going to be because they really had no boxes for a suffering Messiah. It was thinking that was alien to their cultural expectations. You see, during that time, the cultural expectation, there was a messianic fervor that surrounded that first century. And they were expecting the Messiah to come and to deliver them from the Roman oppression. And Jesus did, in fact, come to deliver them from their, their oppression. But it wasn't in the way that they expected. It was something of a surprise to them. It was countercultural, really. And so what does the response that I take away from this that we can have is that is to embrace the notion that the way of the cross is alien to this world and the ways of this world and to live counterculturally. And so what can you do to swim against the cultural tide this week? Well, during this week, we can be awakened to our alien status in a couple of different ways. It's it, the very things that we do, in fact, this week 
can seem bizarre to an increasingly secular culture in which we live. Think, for instance, about waving branches and walking around an area. I mean, even the procession itself, which for the liturgically initiated seem right and appropriate, and it is, by the way, I'm not saying that it's not, to the secular world seems like, huh, what are they doing that for? It just makes no sense at all. Um, and most of the things that we will engage in this week that are very meaningful are somewhat bizarre to those who are outside of the church. And so during Easter Vigil, there'll be a time to renew our baptismal vows. There'll be some baptisms that will take place, and we'll have an opportunity to renew those vows, to turn our backs upon to, to the world and the ways of the world. I suggest that we take these quite seriously. We don't just say the words. This is the beginning, really, of living counterculturally, what it means to live each day hearing God's heart and responding, sometimes in ways that don't make sense to those we rub shoulders with day in and day out. For the way up is the way down in God's economy. I was getting my hair cut the other day, and I, uh, I, I mentioned to the person cutting my hair, said, uh, you know, if you're not doing anything, we have uh, services this week, and you're, you know, you're invited. You, you might have a church of your own, and, um, and um, you know, that you want to attend, and that's fine. But, you know, if you don't have anywhere to go, you can, uh, you're, I invite you Sunday morning. You know, it's the church where I help lead worship and, and uh, help do music, because we'd been talking a little bit about music and such. And uh, she stopped cutting my hair, pause, dramatic pause, Clip, 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 clip. Oh, yeah, I, I need to get back in, in with him, don't I? It's something like that. It was, she realized it was, realized it was, it was like out of the blue. It was, it was like, ah, uh, there's something there. So anyway, um, I, I just, I mentioned that. It is, it is countercultural to do what we do. All right, Monday, Thursday, the tempo picks up. And I won't have time to go into all of it. But Jesus takes the role as a servant in washing the feet of his disciples, and he institutes the Lord's Prayer at this, and then he prays in the garden. And so, during supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. When he poured water into a basin, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. The response was, do you wash my feet? It was a kind of astounding thing, unusual. He took the servant's position. And then later on, when he was all done, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so what is, what is the response that I want to suggest this morning? And that is that you open yourself to being ministered to by others and receive God's goodness and love. So how can you receive and give in humility and love? Well, maybe the obvious needs to be stated, but come on Thursday night and participate in the foot washing and receive the Eucharist as we remember afresh that it was on that day that he instituted the sacrament.
and then seek ways to show love for others. Perhaps starting this week at the beginning, today and tomorrow, but throughout the week, but at least on Thursday when we remember love for one another. Seek for ways to show that to one another. Perhaps a word, perhaps a note, perhaps just a smile, a hug, handshake, whatever. Just to start, perhaps something more that the Lord would lay on your heart. But that's a suggestion for the way to open ourselves to being ministered to by others. Well, Good Friday, Jesus suffers and is crucified. On Good Friday, we'll hear an extended reading of the gospel where Jesus' passion is described. It's a story of suffering. It's a dramatic story. In fact, it's like the end of Act One, if you will, in a theater production where the climax is reached and it's right before the big finish. We'll get to the big finish in a minute, but right now we're at the end of Act One. We recognize that that was Jesus' most dark, it was his darkest hour. So what's our response to recognize our need and receive his healing and atoning work of the cross? Because it was at the cross that he bore our sin. So what are ways that you can be open to his healing and to receive his healing? Well, there are a number of ways throughout the week, but let me just suggest that at that service there'll be a time when we have the veneration of the cross. We'll have... um, music that is appropriate and um, that will help to aid us, but we'll have a large cross processed in and laid here on these steps, and there'll be a time to come um, to the cross and lay your hand on the cross or, or pray or, or whatever response is appropriate for you and just pour out your heart to the Lord in thanksgiving and recognize his, his work for us and ask for him to heal and bring restoration and wholeness to those broken places, maybe deliverance from um, areas of life where we find bondage even today. And of course, um, we can enter into that solemnity of his crucifixion through that. It's a wonderful service. It's often the high point, well, it's one of the high points of our week um, as we walk through Holy Week. This is just one. Of course, there are others that I have already suggested where we could do this. But after Good Friday, we come to Easter Vigil, where Jesus rises. We remember that. To fully understand the significance of this is really beyond us. Really, it is beyond us. But to the degree that we get what happened leading up to this point, I mean, really get what happened leading up to this point, we have the opportunity and the ability to get the magnitude of this victory that we celebrate uh, or will celebrate on Easter Vigil. And so our response really in Vigil is just to rejoice in new life and freedom. So what will you do to fully enter into rejoicing? Well, first of all, just come and follow the storyline of salvation history You'll hear from Genesis through the Old Testament, a story that leads to the work of Christ, but also to baptism. And you can feel the sense of which that story is opening up, and it leads to the baptismal waters. And when we 
uh, engage in with those being baptized, that experience after that. Um, with the Asperger's, are we doing that this year? Yeah, we are? Okay. Um, the priests, I believe, um, will be spraying water all around. And, and, and uh, as you are hit with droplets of water and are renewed in your baptism, let that be a joyful experience. I can recall, I think it was my first, first vigil that I attended in 2006 at Church of the Resurrection. Um, it was the year you were, I think year you were taken into membership there, 2006, I think so. Anyway, I still have video footage of Father Eric sort of dancing around and stuff. It was kind of interesting. And if you want it, I'll, I'll disclose that. It's from 2006, 12 years ago. Um, but at that occasion, I remember the joyous time as we stood and we sang and then I had my eyes closed and my hands in the air and I get hit with water. It was my first experience and it was like, I, I don't know, I, I can't describe it. It was like an explosion of, of joy that happened in my life. But that was just a rejoicing, a time of rejoicing. But that's just one experience. And, and of course, when the holy noise comes, you can shout, ring bells, make noise, stamp your feet, um, jump up and down with holy abandon. And then, of course, even after that, we can shout and sing and dance and enjoy this, his presence in a, in a way that expresses that joyful victory that we will be experiencing at that time. Well, this brings us to number eight, of course. The eighth day, Easter Sunday, the eighth day. The first day of the week, but the eighth day, meaning the new, the first day of the new um, creation, when we remember where Jesus is revealed to his disciples. Our response simply is just to live our lives in the reality of the resurrection. Will you live in resurrection life? That's just my question. My suggestion, just come next Sunday with a renewed heart. Live your lives um, in a renewed way. Our lives should be different, and we should be able to see life with new eyes. Now these are only suggestions and a few of the ways that you can use this week to lean into the heart of Jesus. And I'm sure that you can come up with a lot of other ways if you do a little bit of thinking about it and ways that perhaps are more meaningful to you to accomplish this. But my prayer has been um, that I've been able to just help prime the pump to help us to lean into the heart of Jesus in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay.